Welcome, welcome, welcome to Lilies in the Valley podcast, where God is lifted, your spirit is watered, and your direction is fed. I am your host, Sister Miko C. Deal, and I believe and love the verse John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. As we finish part two, Rahab, the women in the Bible series, let's have a quick prayer. Father God, we thank you for leading us here. We thank you for meeting us here. We ask you to forgive us of anything that would keep us from hearing you in this in this meeting, in this place, in this podcast, in this teaching. Lord God, we ask that we receive as you would have us to receive, that we see as you would have us to see, and that we remove ourselves so that you may fill us wholly with the Holy Spirit, with your will and not our will, because our ways are not your ways. Lord, may we glean and lean on you with all understanding coming from from your word, through your Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And thank God. So we left off reading Exodus 12 verses 22 through 28, where God is uh, giving the instruction and he is actually providing instruction for the Israelites as he has allowed Moses and Aaron to know that he is going to uh, allow the spirit of death to kill the firstborn of everything from human to animal. And he's given the instruction that they should take hyssop. And as they take hyssop, they shall dip it into the blood and they shall cover it up on their doorstep. Amen. And on the sides of their door. And um, this is the instruction that the Lord has given them that they should dip that into the blood uh, as they, cause they, sl- they slaughtered the Passover lamb. And so the hyssop is being dipped into the basin where they've put the blood and it's been given instruction to put it on the top of the door and the sides of the door frame. And it's also given the instruction that none of the families of the Israelites shall go out of the door of their house until the morning, you see. And so as we left off there, we found that in our current text, Joshua 2, there was specific instruction given to Rahab as she discussed with the two spies that Joshua had sent from Shittim to scout out the land, and they end up staying with um, uh, Rahab. Also, um, you know, as I stated previously, you know, Rahab owned what you would call a whorehouse or therefore a house of ill repute or prostitution and um, also an inn. And I believe that in that inn, there were places to sleep. So someone saw the men come, you understand. And in that seeing the men come, they understood that they were not from there and they knew that they were the Israelites. And so they ran back to the king and told the king, hey, there is two men at Rahab place. And uh, I think they come in to, to try to scout us out so they can kill us. And so when the guards therefore show up at Rahab's, they're inquiring and, 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 and questioning her and interrogating her on the two men that were in her in. Because at that time she had seen, she knew that people were going to go tell, you know, and go tell who then came up in her place. You know what I mean? People don't know how to mind their own business. And so she took the man up on the roof and took the flax seed that was actually the flax, uh, the flax leaf 
excuse me. Well, that's where flaxseed comes from. So there it is. But she took the flax that you put on top of the roof and used to cover the roof. And she allowed the men to get up under it and then recover them with that flax. So when they come to question her, inquire uh, what is going on and where the men have gone, Rahab acts like she has no clue. She's like, I don't know where they went. I, I think they went that way. And she said, you better go ahead and run after them for you miss them and not be able to catch them so that you can capture them. And then, you know, we don't meet our demise. So the men, uh, the guards that they had sent, they went ahead and ran the way in which she pointed, which was the opposite way of where she was about to send them. So now that they're gone, Rahab and the two spies for Shittim that Joshua has sent to scout the land, are having a discussion about the good, what she did for them and what she wanted in return. And that is when Rahab took the initiative to walk through the door that God had provided. That is when Rahab saw that God had given her a way out of death and into life. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, that's exciting. I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited just telling the story. And I've studied this, I don't know how many times, okay? So it's so great. So she's having this conversation and they ask her what she wants. And she says, I want to be able to go with you to live. Ah, come on, somebody. I want to live. Those are the words said, I shall live and not die. Come on, somebody. She said, I want to live. And not only do I want to live, I want my mother, my father, my sisters, and my brothers, and everything we own to be able to go with you and know who and, and, and worship your God, because I have already heard about your God, your God that rescued you from Pharaoh, your God that slayed the Amorites, your God that killed this person and that person. You see, God's way and God's will and God's understanding and God's love and God's everything that he has for his people has traveled to where Rahab is, has traveled. God's uh, reputation and his legacy has been heard of throughout the land. And Rahab is letting them know, I know who your God is. Even in verse 11 of Joshua, she says, and it, is it verse 11? Yes. In verse 11, she says, come on with me now. Stay with me. She says, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. She's letting them know, I know who your God is, and I want to be a part of that. Come on, somebody. She chose life. And so as they stand and discuss the exchange of what shall happen in return for her good works and in return for her obedience, they make an agreement that if she keeps what they're doing in the city and where they're at to herself, she most surely shall be spared. And they also give her instruction that the red sash that she lets down out of the window to let the two spies go out into the mountains that she instructs them to go out into the mountains and wait there three days. And then once the three days are over, return to where you came. So she uses that red uh, fabric, that long red fabric to let them down out of the window and to go up into the mountains the opposite way of where the soldiers were, you know, the guards.
And so remember, she's previously told the guards they went the opposite way, you understand, and now she's telling them. So now they tell her that that same red cloth that she uses to let them out of the window and to be able to escape and go up to the mountains for three days to tie that onto her window seal. And so she does that because that is the sign that your house shall be spared, just as God instructed the Israelites to put the blood of the lamb on the doorway and the side doorway of the doorpost so that the, the spirit of death can pass over their home. You see, this is who God is. And if this is who God has been since the beginning of time, God has not changed. You understand what I'm trying to say? Will you choose life like Rahab? Come on, let's get into it. You see, she didn't have to think it over when the opportunity came to her. You see, she didn't have to see how that added up on what people thought when the opportunity came to her. You see, to what her financial situation was, she didn't have to think about it. She didn't have to understand where she was going to be or how that was going to place her in, 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 in society when the opportunity came. You see, she didn't have to figure out what that looks like and what that appears to be to other people when the opportunity came. You see, she didn't have to worry about, well, will I have enough when I go? When I go, will I take everything? She didn't have to, to think about those things. What will those people in the community think about me when I decide to go ahead and take the opportunity that God has given me? No, she didn't do that. When God opened a door, she chose life. When she chose a life, she walked out of her present current situation situation of being a harlot, of being a house of ill repute, of being a prostitute, of being uh, uh, exiled, if you will, out, out at the very beginning of town, uh, not mixed in with the rest of the community. You see, she then for therefore went from being talked about like the two people that or whomever left uh, Rahab's establishment and went and told about the two gentlemen. She now don't have to worry about those situations. She didn't stop and think about them either. When they gave her the opportunity that God presented through those two spies, she took it. She left death and entered into life. You see, Rahab chose life over death. She didn't know God. You understand? She didn't know who he could be, but she knew who he was to the Israelites, and that was enough for her. You see, what does that say about us who know God? But we worry about all of those things, what people are going to think. We worry about what people say behind our back. We worry about if we got enough money for food, if we have enough money to pay the car note, the mortgage, the rent, the bills, or we have enough for our children to eat. You see, we stop having faith that God will provide and start worrying about what we see instead of having faith on what we believe God will do for us. Or maybe we are the people who make the decisions, the bad decisions based on the flesh, the worry, the what you can see and cause yourself to be in situations of death in the first place. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you think this Rahab is not like you at all. You know, God wasn't trying to kill my whole community. But I beg to differ. 
We have been in a pandemic and in a state of, of urgency in the world today that has allowed us to lose loved one after loved one, friend after friend, acquaintance after acquaintance, or celebrity after celebrity. There is death all around us. You turn on the TV and there is death. You seeing police killing young men because of the color of their skin or police acting in a way in which they were not elected to act or hired to act. They are acting out their own frustrations, angers, and will, they are, I can tell you right now, we are most certainly living in a time of death. But will we choose life? Because God has most certainly opened a door in my life, and I know he's opened a door in yours. Have you fumbled the bag, as you will, as you would say? But in this case, the bag is life. Huh, come on, somebody. Have you fumbled the bag? The bag is not where I can go and where I can be and how much I'm blessed and I'm so authoritative and God blessed me and favor isn't fair. Favor is not about fairness. If God considers our children, he doesn't put one above the other because the word says we are the head and not the tail. So favor is a not about fairness. You see, that is us in the flesh, not us in the spirit, that we would determine that favor ain't fair. Whoever came up with that makes no sense because God would not give you something that is not meant for you. Right then and there, that is your blessing. That is fair to you. That is what you desire. That is what you worked for. That is what you prayed for. That is what God wanted for the will of your life because it would make you who he's calling you to be. So it's not about fairness. It's about the operation and the obedience and listening and linking up into the relationship that God has given you and taking the opportunities and the doors that he has opened and leaving the ones that he has closed alone. You see, when you start to think as the world thinks, you believe that there is a fairness. Fairness causes jealousy. What roots out of what is fair and what's not fair causes people to be jealous, causes people to be envious of what you have. But see, what you need to understand is what is for you is for you. What's for me is for me. Because when you understand the process of how God works and how he relates, as we have seen in the text from Exodus to now Joshua, the same practice repeating itself. We come to understand that your way and my way may be different, but we are going to come to the same understanding that God is, period. God shall, period, and God will, period. There's no God can't, there's no God, there's no will God, but see, um, God, no. There is God is, God will, God shall, God can, period. And when you walk in the faith, you know that no matter the experience. You see, when God has given you a way out, did you take it? Or did you desire the flesh so much that you went ahead and watched that porn? That you went ahead and took that drink? That you went ahead and gambled away the money that was going to provide? That you went ahead and fornicated and slept with the person that you met because of the flesh? 
that you went ahead and spent the money uh, that was meant for bills because you know you would be getting another check and now something has come up. Did you go ahead and cuss out that person when you could have just walked away? You went ahead and fought when you could have just left that peace and said no. Or somebody cut you off and instead of choosing life and peace because at least you have a car, at least you got gas, at least you on your way to where you're going, you didn't even recognize that person because they couldn't stop you from where God was taking you. Did you choose life or did you choose death? And when you chose death, the repercussions that come from death, did you get upset because now you are reaping what you sowed and the decision in which you made? But see, the God we serve, the God we know here in the text for Rahab, even in your death chosen decisions can give you a life way out. The question is, my sister and my brother, are you going to take it? Because when Rahab had the chance, she took it. Will you take your chance today? She took it. She took the chance that God gave her. She didn't let it sleep. You know what I mean? She didn't sleep on it, as we would say. Come on, somebody. Come on, Father God, and use me. Come on, Father God, and and show me the way. Come on, Father God, and direct my path and my feet. Come on, Father God, and put us under fear, and put us under doubt, and put us under worry, Father God. Come on, Father God, and show me faith, and show me fullness and the joy of God. Show me how you will. (laughs) The word of God says, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That most certainly was occurring right then and there for Rahab. Who isn't God good? Are you going to take the chance that God is giving you? Because the chance isn't just for yourself. It's also for your family, your kingdom family, for the blood that covers us believers and equips us to pray without ceasing for those we want to see have the same opportunities as Rahab. Don't you want to see family members saved, delivered, healed? You see, you can't do anything about the past, those that have died, those that have passed on, except for have the good memories and appreciate the time you had with those. But don't allow it to disrupt the journey that God has you on. Don't allow it to make you think that you have no choice but to live in death. Don't let despair set in. Separate yourself. Because I'm telling you right now, the instruction came down for Rahab and she separated her and her family. She gave the instruction and she obeyed. And that is why she was blessed. It had nothing to do with fairness. It had everything to do with the obedience and the instruction that came down and her following the instruction and her having the opportunity to walk into life. And she took it. Are you going to take your chance today? Oh, I hear somebody. You know, my marriage is not what it should be, Lord. I've been praying and praying and believing and believing and nothing has changed. Yes, Lord, I have done what you asked me to do, but but, but, but my husband is still the same, but my wife is still the same, but my children are still the same. You know, our time is not God's time. 
You spend so much time worrying about the change somebody else is supposed to make, you're missing the changes that can be made in you. What about your goals and, and, your, and your things that you have that have lined up with the will of God? How can God manifest that in you if your eyes are always on the children, if your eyes are always on what's wrong, if your eyes are always on the spouse? You get up every morning. You get up with purpose. Your purpose ain't all just about your husband. You have your own relationship with God. Your purpose ain't all about your relationship with your wife. You have your own relationship with God. Your purpose isn't all about just the children. You have your own relationship with God. You have to set an example so that the children can follow because the word of God says you raise up a child in the way that they should go and when they become old they shall not depart from it. Maybe why nothing has changed yet is because he needs the children to see you carrying on in the way God called you to no matter what so that when the change happens they can see how faithful you were in the journey God had you on and didn't let anything move you off of it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a delivering a word to you, but I'm definitely delivering a word to myself because the world doesn't hear God, but the believers do. And when we act, God manifests. When we obey, God moves. And when we enter into his presence, he shows up. And Rahab knew that because remember the legacy, the legend and the reputation of God has traveled before the two spies ever got there. She already had heard. Did you not read the text? She heard that the God that freed them from Pharaoh and closed up the sea and drowned them and the same God that allowed them to be victorious over the Amorites and the other people before they got there in the, that inhabited the land before they got to Rahab's uh, uh, dwelling place, Jericho, uh, uh, Canaan, before they got there, they, 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 they had crushed the enemies, any enemy that laid in their place, any enemy of God that had laid in their place was destroyed. She had also heard that right prior to this, remember now, there are some people who didn't make it. Did we forget that? You see, right before Joshua 2, there is Joshua 1, where God enlists Joshua. He's the, he's the leader because Moses is gone. And those that were disobedient are gone with him as well. And they did not make it to the promised land, to the promise that God had for them. Because when they had the opportunity to choose life, they chose death. They chose disobedience. They chose to continue to make the wrong decisions. They chose to continue to not trust God. They chose to continue to argue and be disobedient. They chose and continue to have unforgiveness and anger in their hearts. They chose to not, they chose to continue to live in the world and in the flesh instead of in the spirit. You see, when God gave them the opportunity to choose life, they chose death. And is that you today? And right after they made that choice, God allows us to see that a person that was considered a slut, a hoe, a whore, excuse my French, a bitch, as you will, everything negative the world could say about them, God chose her. 
And not only did God choose her, she stood up for the choice that when he opened the door, she walked through it and she helped and assisted God's people to do what God had called them to do. And she didn't interfere, but she assisted. She was obedient. Because let's be clear, had she not, God still would have gotten the glory. He just would have chose somebody else. Is that you? Do you want God to choose someone else? Or do you want to take the opportunity God is giving you today to choose life? All you have to do is rededicate your life to Christ. All you have to do is accept Christ in your heart if you've never had a relationship with Christ. So Father God, if your people are here today who want to choose life and accept you for the first time into their life, please repeat after me. Father God, I have sinned and fallen short of the glory, but I believe that your son who came here and gave his life on Calvary and rose again on the third day, I believe he is your son and I believe he died for my sins and I accept him into my heart. As you say in John three sixteen, I believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life god i choose everlasting life today i ask you to enter my heart so that i can walk and talk with you be in your presence be in your life have you in my life i choose kingdom life today you can say that same prayer if you've fallen back if you've lived in doubt if you've chosen death and you want to rededicate your life to christ today you can say that same prayer only saying at the end, Father God, I thank you for forgiving me of my sins over and over again. And I am asking you to re continue to renew my mind, renew my spirit, renew my faith, renew my walk, God, and let it be your will and not my will. In the mighty name of Jesus' name we pray, amen, and thank God. I most certainly am encouraged. I hope you were encouraged today. And I thank you for stopping by Lilies in the Valley podcast and enjoying part two of Rahab chose life and not death. Amen. Please make sure that you come and visit us again on next Monday as we release another episode to the series Women in the Bible, where we will be doing the woman at the well. Amen. The woman at the well. So be encouraged. If you have any questions, please email us at spirituallyundefeated at gmail.com. Spiritually undefeated at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to follow us and keep in line on what's going on, what the news is, be encouraged, uh, 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 come together in a celebration of what God is doing in our lives, make sure to follow us on IG at Lilies in the Valley podcast. Lilies is L-I-L-Y apostrophe S or L-I-L-Y-S. Lilies in the Valley podcast on IG. Also, if you like the study uh, guide or footnotes to this study and to this podcast, please make sure to email us at spirituallyundefeated at gmail.com. And if you have any questions or if you have a testimony or you want to share how any of these podcasts have touched your life, or you just want prayer, make sure you also email us at the same email, spirituallyundefeated at gmail.com.
Com. Plug, plug, plug. Ha- hallelujah. So I encourage you, I ask you to peace be unto you and live your life in the greatness of God and in the fullness of joy this week. And I'll see you here on next Monday. Be encouraged. Amen.